I hate that silence so much. It never gets old. Ever since my roommate showed me how to do that, I hate it. I have studied audio engineering, and I don't know why you're doing it. Ooh, I'll show you afterwards. It's is a... it for noise reduction, so yeah. you can cut the frequency of the room out? Yeah, so all you do is you just select like the first couple seconds of the of the clip, and then you hit you get noise profile, and then, then it kind of pulls out all the background noise. That's smart. But good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of The Nameless Podcast. And I have an excellent guest with me here today, a great friend who I met through work, uh, but I consider him more than a former co-worker. He's a great friend, mentor. lover. <laughs> Don't tell your fiancé that. <laughs> it's Colin Cooper. Hey! Hey, 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 hey. I, I've heard that A is, has kind of been uh, outlawed now. It's like a, kind of a taboo greeting. Hey, hey. I, I still text it every time with multiple degrees, like multiple degrees of how many Y's I put, depending on how much I like you. Well, so like one Y is like, you're probably on my nerves. Three Y's is like, <laughs> hey, it's like, what's the word? And then like 16 of them is like, what are you doing? <laughs> this is out of control. You're also not in the dating realm anymore. So it's not a good icebreaker. No, 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 no. Yeah. No. When's the big day? May 25th. I get to marry a very pretty woman. She's very nice. Very nice. Tell me about your wife. I like her. (laughs) I am a lucky man, and I am marrying way, way up. Her name's Aubrey, and she's cute as the world. Yay for Aubrey. I still haven't met Aubrey. I'll probably meet her at the wedding. Yes. Probably. Yes. Speaking of which, I put down a reminder today to request off for wedding season i've got oh gosh i have one saturday luckily that it it works out fine with scheduling but then like i've got two co-workers that are getting married i've got a wedding i need to be and i'm going to be in in ohio in september do i get to fly back to ohio twice within like a couple months that's dope my little brother graduates in june and then uh, my little brother graduates at the end of may it's weird isn't it yeah I think of my little brother still as a small 14-year-old boy. Right. Yeah. John has always been the little kid to me. Always. And he's taller than me now. And he yeah. has facial hair. Yeah. Weird. My little brother is as tall as me. And he's he's probably only about 10, 15 pounds lighter than I am. And he's four years younger. And I'm, I'm terrified of him, actually, because he's mean. <laughs> he, he picks on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that actually reminds me of an episode of Naruto I was watching today, where it showed those kids from like the sand village or whatever, and the little brother's like crazy where he traps the people in sand and destroys their bodies and makes it rain black blood everywhere and Yes. Yeah. And the second season. I don't Dude, know if you're a Naruto expert. I I've watched all of all of Naruto. I love it. I don't it's... know why I started watching it, but <sighs> Oh no, dude! <laughs> Literally, song. oh any any downtime I would have, just in would come in that flute theme, and then don't try. And I'm like, no, that no! that theme song has ruined the interval of the perfect fifth. Because <laughs> anytime I hear a perfect fifth in any music, it's don't try. <laughs> And oh. then I have to go stop listening to anything for three days. He's just like, no. And that's why, and and uh, it, it sucks too because it's it's the the Japanese English that is just butchered. You don't understand what they're saying, but it's so damn catchy. 
there's, oh, there's some like in in the later seasons. There are some really good theme songs in there. There are some anime theme songs that are just incredible. Like uh, we listened to them the other night, uh, like in Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of the first ones. Oh, so good, dude. There's an anime called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I need and, to watch that one. And yeah. JoJo's theme song just is just roundabout by yes really yeah it's sick oh and then who else, who could who could forget the timeless classic uh uh what is it tank um from uh whatchamacallit Cowboy Bebop. yeah that yep. one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that one's so good so for those who don't know colin is a music major correct yes commercial music commercial music so so what is one in like commercial music so commercial music entails the commercial side of the music industry which means i have studied studio work i have studied um like composition for tv composition composition off a temp track i've studied music production and then i obviously studied performance um it just means you spend a lot less time with your head in a book over uh, like 20th century music and like modern music and stuff like that and you actually spend time in a studio working on stuff making stuff um to to sell basically that's mm. trying to teach you how to make a living which is cool because yeah a lot of mm. musicians struggle with that aspect <laughs> yes <laughs> infamously so <laughs> lots of artists do unfortunately that's good you kind of have a safety net there to it seems like a practical way to still enjoy music, mm-hmm. but then also, you know, get the money. Yeah, and like, I mean, I've got I've got teachers who are just teaching there because they want to help people, but they're they're making freaking stacks off of their own music stuff. And oh, that's like, huge. Yeah, like one of my teachers scored the trailer for like the second Tobey Maguire Spider Man movie, like that kind of stuff. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no biggie. Yeah, no, like, huh, little brags, but yeah. Well, and that's the cool thing too, because I think if you that's the cool thing about being wealthy and successful because if you're smart with it, it frees you up to do so many other things. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of my motivation to get rich, even though I'm sitting here in this crackhead the basement. free time, dude. Yeah. The free time that it offers and, like, right. the time where if you have a family or, like, you know, priorities, you have the time to tend to those instead of, like, well, I got to figure out how I'm going to pay rent, you know, yeah. or how I'm going to buy crack. Oh, all I have to do is go three doors down for that. Go to the mall, <laughs> dude. I'm the Provo you. Mall has a uh, crack store. In it. <laughs> crack rocks. It's just out the back. It's it's actually just a rock candy. It's it's a rock candy um, little kiosk, but it's actually crack rocks that they're selling there, flavored, of course, with different flavors like watermelon or uh, blue raspberry or orange. Or, uh, my favorite's the grape because I'm getting my daily crack fix while also tasting something along the lines of coating cough syrup. <laughs> yes, the best. <laughs> Speaking of coating cough syrup, I took some NyQuil the other night. That's like the number one thing I use to go to sleep. And it doesn't have coating in it, no. but I still get funky dreams out of it. Yeah, like NyQuil sleep is, is a heavy dark sleep with yeah. with like the most vivid and sometimes horrifying dreams you could ever yeah, the, one, the one i had was really weird i think <clears throat> i think it was because 
there's a Mormon meme page that I follow, and they posted something about uh, the new missionary stuff, or somebody wanting to go on a mission. Somebody had a question about so so somehow missionary work came up, and then I kind of had flashbacks to when I was a missionary mm-hmm. in the training center. <laughs> I know, dude, it was like prison. <laughs> it was literally like prison. Anywho, um, it was weird because, like, in the dream, I was in the training center, and like the president of the training center ran it like the bad dude from the hunchback of notre dame like super pious he had this big ass ring on his finger and he was always carrying around a book of mormon and was like shoving it in people's faces you know it's funny speaking of hunter hunchback of notre dame nightmares oh gosh so my fiance's brother primarily listens to country music and disney soundtracks oh my god so we were driving from provo utah to a little butt crack desert town in California called Yukaipa. It's actually a really pretty town, but the, the only way to describe it is it's somewhere in between San Bernardino and Palm Springs. <laughs> Just somewhere. And right. I'll give you 20 bucks if you can pin either of those down on a map. <laughs> um, <Right. laughs> so, um, I'm sleeping. We're about, we're about two hours south geographically of Provo, Utah. And I start having this dream that someone is shouting the word hellfire at me. <laughs> and I wake up and I've never seen the Hunchback of Notre Dame. No the way. only reason I know that it's from that is because I woke up and it was a different song, but I just dream like hellfire song loud. <laughs> hellfire! Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, you poor thing. So that's my my hunchback story. Oh, what a creepy movie! Gosh, pretty dark. Yeah, we kind of we kind of spat some facts last week about uh about Disney's lack of creative content. How they literally have nothing original as of late coming out. I mean, they have the occasional Pixar movie. Like, I think the last one was like Coco. Coco was good. Like yeah, it was the good. the original Disney's like Disney movies. The few that you get are the ones that really spank. Like, yeah. like Moana slaps, dude. Great movie. I haven't watched Moana yet. That's a good one. They've got Frozen 2 coming out this year. I, I haven't seen Frozen. I haven't either. Um, Coco, Coco uh, again, $20 to ever watch that movie and didn't either think about crying or cry. Because that was a toughie. You owe me 20 You didn't even think about crying? Nah. Sam, you're a softie. I know that's a lie. Oh, I'm I'm not I am not saying I'm not a softie. No, there have been Disney movies that have gotten to me. Um what was the one with Rapunzel? Tangled. Tangled. Tangled was a good one. That got me. Uh, another one that got me skillet. Pete's Dragon. Mm-hmm. Not the new one. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched the new one. I don't the, think I'm gonna watch the new the one. The very old one. The very old one. The old one doesn't even make sense really when you look back at it. You're like, how can Pete communicate with this dragon that just goes bop, 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 bop. <laughs> I mean, it's a tuba. He's basically talking to a giant tuba dragon. <laughs> how does it work? I don't, I don't know, but you know, like in Pacific Rim, the big kaiju monsters. <laughs> Mine's a tuba dragon. <laughs> it just pops out of. The- out of the middle of the Atlantic to save <laughs> to save orphans. <laughs> bo, 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 bo. 
A dragon, a dragon, I swear I saw a dragon. Ooh, there's a new Godzilla movie coming out this year, too. Is it the one where they merged King Kong with it, or is it a different no, one? No, no, there's a, a different one. I don't know, I saw a poster that said something along the lines of, like, you know, May 2019, like, Godzilla's coming back. Whatever, cool, completely new like director and studio which means it's going to be another new godzilla universe um but there's also a mothra coming out so (laughs) we're back my computer showed off right in the middle of it i looked over and screen was black hit the mouse and uh yeah it recorded about 12 minutes there's always a very special kind of reaction when your computer stops recording a long session and you know what's been going on. I, I record a podcast too i recorded a podcast for about a year um called speculation and it was just a bunch of you know theology stuff it was pretty pretty fun but um if you tap it once you're like really still calm and confident that your computer is running you're just checking on it right. and then like wait a couple seconds and it doesn't kick up tap it twice and you're just like uh <laughs> help help that's that's the the you know first is really confident second is like and then by the third the third time you have to tap the keyboard and you know you're just grasping at straws to maintain your place on this earth you're like please please no i like being here please don't let my rage overtake me yeah so Unfortunately for all you listeners, you're going to miss our, our little ditty on uh, on leadership skills. Although I think it is worth running back the uh, the quote that you had. What is it? What okay, is it? so we were talking about how to get people to succeed and to help people in their success, all you have to do is speak to their success. Um, because otherwise, you know, they're just going to believe they're pieces of crap. That's our preface. Um, but basically it's... You know, I, I've dealt with a lot of mental health stuff in my life and, um, someone told me, you know, I believe in your victory. And that was crazy to think of the, the terms of victory and defeat in everyday life. And if you speak defeat into the lives of the people that are in your circle, um, all you're going to get back from them is defeat. But if you're able to speak victory into someone's life, you're going to see that victory and they're going to start to own that victory because of directly because of you speaking to it the power of positivity yeah dude it's which, the secret yeah which i'm a pessimist a lot of the time me too i'm a positive pessimist if that's even possible i'm i'm, I'm just a realist <laughs> <laughs> i'm a globalist <laughs> <laughs> they're nihilists lebowski <laughs> lebowski Oh my gosh, that movie is so funny. I, I fiance couldn't get into it. I love it. No way. I I love watching it because each time I pick up on something just something new about it. Each time there are so many different things that happen in that movie, you're just like, What? That every time I have a new favorite scene just because it's like, This is absurd. <laughs> the the best Super Bowl commercial was when Lebowski showed up drinking um uh, Dos Equis. No, Stella Artois. Yeah. I'll have one of those Ster- Stella Artois, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that movie has aged so well. White Russian, dude? <laughs> Get me one of those Stella Artois. <laughs> well, you know, man, uh, you know what's funny is uh, one of my buddies has a bunker, and he was talking about putting in a rug. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, it really times the room. To, it really ties the room together. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> and I, at that moment, I realized our friendship could never. No, it can't progress. It can't progress because he didn't pick up on the Big Lebowski. But he's Mormon, and I don't think he watches rated R movies. So there you go. Here's yeah. Here's an interesting question. Okay, so the majority of Utah is Mormon LDS. Yes. What's it like being a non LDS? And you're Christian, correct? Yeah. What's it like being a non LDS Christian and like literally like the epicenter of, of Mormonism in the United States? It's interesting. Um, so I grew up in Las Vegas. Grew up in a mega church, really. Like I came to Christ in a mega church. Um, yeah. A church where like 20,000 people came on Christmas. There is not a single non-denominational church like that in, in Utah. Um, yeah, not at all. But it kind of, you know, really helped me firm up my roots because I had to go back and dig dig at the, dig at the foundation of my faith. Um, as far as, you know, being a non-Mormon kid in high school in Utah, you know, freaking 14 and fresh to the world um you cannot get a date oh yeah and all your friends will joke about baptizing you in the nearest swimming pool at any opportunity oh that's so cringe you can also expect (laughs) you can also expect surprise dinners with the missionaries oh and they set the trap the first few times that you go to hang out with your buddies on a monday night and you you think like You're like, oh, cool, going to go hang out with my friends. Because in Vegas on Mondays, you just go hang out with your friends. Not here. No. It's different. It's family home evening. Yeah, so I got FHE'd. When do we we play Twister? You don't play Twister? No. We we play with finger paints. And we sing hymns. Yeah. And we we read something out of the enzyme. And you're like, what? Excuse me? Yes. (laughs) Uh... Is this a cult? (laughs) That's creepy stuff. But all in all, I have grown to love my Mormon brothers and sisters, and I am marrying into a Mormon family. No way. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. My fiance is. Is she active? Mother. Yeah. So she. So she's like there all the time. Yeah. Well. Yeah, more or less. My fiance's mother was stake relief society president for nine years oh dude you've got oh that that could be kind of awkward have they have they sprung the discussion on you yet on why you haven't been baptized yet twice have they tried to like sell you on temple marriage once i'm surprised it only happened once that's a big deal it happened once and it was a uh you know what so there's this restaurant in California. They all live in California. There's this restaurant on the West Coast and in cities that aren't in Utah called BJ's. And uh-huh. it's a brew house, uh, you know, great food, great everything. They have this dessert called the Pizuki, and it's just a a cookie the size of a small pizza with a big scoop of ice cream. Oh, on yeah, it. I've had those. I, yeah, I, yeah. Love, I love a Pizuki. Yeah, yeah. I've never shaken so much in my life, and I could not eat my pizookie because i couldn't keep it on a spoon because i was shaking so bad trying to get my pizookie up and then we went and watched star wars all the while i'm in the midst of the uh most severe panic attack i've actually ever had <laughs> ah! we're watching star wars in theaters i'm gonna go to the 
bathroom. And it doesn't help that that was not a good Star Wars movie. No, it either. felt like it was six hours long. Because it is long. It's like two and a half hours long. Yeah, not much important happens at all. You're like, wow, Rose and Finn are still on this gambling planet. trying. To but now they're freeing... Now they're freeing horses. horse monkeys. <laughs> yeah, so... Oh my gosh! Being being a non-member in a member-heavy, uh, especially in Utah County, where like, I mean, you're a stone's throw away from the nearest church. Totally. It's a culture shock for me too because I always, I mean, in Ohio, I would drive, I'd drive thirty minutes to go uh, to my singles branch. So yeah, Whoa. half hour, half hour drive. Also, like branches aren't a thing in Utah. Oh yeah, that doesn't happen. I guess unless, um, you're, unless you're like way out in the sticks or something like that, but yeah, even then, my fiance's apartment building. We live in the same complex, but the buildings are all in different wards and stuff. Her building is in a branch, and that's that's the only branch I've ever heard of in Utah. Oy vey, that's weird. Yeah, that's really weird. That's a little bit of an anomaly. That's that's the that's the other big thing too. Is I, I I'm glad I finally got somebody on here who isn't who isn't a member because. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't want this podcast to be LDS-based, because there's so much more to life than being LDS, like, straight up. <laughs> well, and, like, it's, you know, whatever your uh, religious beliefs are, you know, I, I love you for that. Yeah. And I love you for who you are, not not what you subscribe to. Right. And at the end of the day, like... The only thing that I have is, you know, like, my faith is internal to me, basically, right. is what I'm saying. Is like, And it's a, it's a enormous part of who I am. Right. But at the same time, I'm not going to run around and, like, you know, slap people in the face with it. But if, if anyone has questions about it, you know, I'd, I'd happily sit down and answer them. Yeah, that's that's a problem with a lot of Christianity because people feel like they have to solicit their beliefs. Yeah. So promptly because they're taking a direct um, example from the Bible, mm -hmm. where you know Jesus says, "Go and preach unto all nations and do all that stuff." So people automatically have it hardwired into their brain. Like Jesus told me, I have to tell everybody about what I believe, and I think it's I think it's people shortchanging themselves. Um, okay. And, it, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It's like shortchanging yourself of the more authentic way to share it. Totally, yes. Yeah, being an example, trying not to treat people like shit, you know, go prescribing to that path versus, man, I, I I used to do it too, man. When I, oh, when I got home from my mission, even while I was on my mission, some friends had emailed me and I remember I was in full-blown missionary mode. And when I like look back at the emails I sent, like wow that was so cringe <laughs> like oh I how had, did i do that <laughs> one of my really good friends um when he was on his mission the first letter i got was like so funny and like it's just like him the second letter he got sorry cody was like oh. i hope you can find the joy of the one true church in your life and the and share it with your family and i was just like Oh, like, dude, dude. It was repulsive. <laughs> like, <laughs> man, oh, it, it sucks. Especially when you're like a believing Christian, yeah, and it's like, oh, knife to the heart. Yeah, I, 
I like. I think anybody would want to go back on their missions because that was a life changing experience, and I'd go back and do it again. But by golly, I would have done it all differently because it's easy to get in the into the fanatical mode. You probably would have played full court basketball this time around. Oh, we played full court soccer. Oh, good. Yeah, the, the full court basketball stuff. I played with missionaries before that did that. Man, those are the people who just get a little too serious about that stuff. Oh, it's crazy. I don't. There's a lot of stuff I would have done differently, but, uh, but I, but I think that's another thing about being any type of believer, um, in, in the religious realm is that I think your beliefs grow stronger over time. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that I've learned in I don't know in April would be five years that I've been home. There's a lot that I've learned. There's a lot that I've learned that I would not have come across. Um. Um. Versus being outside versus inside on on being an, um, an LDS missionary. It was, it was a lot of stuff I didn't pick up on. But. Yeah, well, and like most most LDS missionaries go on their mission when they're 18 now. Right. Um, I don't know about you, but when I was an 18-year-old, I was an idiot. Oh, yeah, same here, yeah. We have a friend named Matt Larson... Who is, uh, he's still the dumbest man I know. And, um, you know, just like think about, think about who you were when you were 18. And that scares me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're still a relatively young believer then too. I mean, I didn't really find my true like roots in my faith and they didn't really start to grow deep until I was 16 or 17 to, to the next year and a half later go away from the country for two years and yeah. uh, start <laughs> yeah. preaching to people about something that I'm just now getting to know in myself. Yeah. That's, that's weird. That's spooky, dude. I went when I was 21. Sam, I think, you are old. I, I For LDS terms, yeah, that is old. <laughs> yeah. for, And I, I'm glad I went when I was older because mm-hmm. when I was young, I was so stupid. Herp dirt and a half. But... Yeah, it's it's been interesting. It's interesting living in Utah County. There's a lot of stuff you pick up on. It's a strange place. It is. It's a very strange place. When you're strange, so I have a theory that Provo is the town that they base Twin Peaks off of. I watched like three episodes of Twin Peaks. It's just a bizarre town, and they're like, "Don't go in the woods. There's some evil in there." And we got like Ted Bundy Cave and that kind of stuff, <sighs> and Squaw Peak, which the whole like origin of the name Squaw Peak is horrible, and like, you know look, what? I haven't even looked into Squaw Peak stuff. Like, I, I know that's the place where all the kids go to get their rocks off, but this is true. Um, I never did that. But I, I've only driven up there twice. I get really car sick. And it's a really long, windy road that takes you up. I'm, my tummy hurts. <laughs> I've known a couple girls that, like, dudes hit them up the first time and, like, hey, you want to go to Squaw Peak? It's like the thirsty. It's it's thirst central up there, man. Yeah, my fiance told me, like, that's, that is the, uh, the RM spot. RM moved to Provo. You want to go hit up Squaw Peak? And you say, no. You say, no, no. Uh, yeah. I think that's also kind of kind of shitty to do as well to girls, just to be like, yo, hey, baby. You, you finna put our tongues together for about, I don't know, three hours. Something like that. 
and it's cringe too because when when dudes come home from the mission i mean that's two years you've lost your touch it gets it, it, it's it's weird <laughs> it, it's it's kind of like sci-fi horror <laughs> like <laughs> You can't lead with the tongue, fellas. Like, if there are any out missionaries right now listening to this, uh, you can't lead with the tongue. If any fellas. of you just got back, you can't lead with the tongue. Fellas, don't you dare. Don't you dare do it. Also, just when you're on your first date with someone, try not to make out with them. Try to understand who they are as a human being. Yeah, I've had some where I've made out on the first date. I think it's... I think it's the depth of, uh, I think it's the depth of the connection you feel with somebody. Yes. I think is where that comes into play. But it's the same point where like you need to get. For me, it's like fact finding. So if I find good things out of the person I'm on the date with. That, that makes the connection grow stronger. Yep. So I that that's a point. It's definitely a point. Yeah. For like, sure. like get to know that person. Yeah. And then stick your person. tongue together for. And then connect your tongues. 18 minutes. The other thing I don't get about LDS people and being so like, being so quick to go and make out and do crap like that, all you're doing is revving your engine. Like when you have a clear like chastity code about like, all right, like listen up, don't bump nasties until you are lawfully wed. When you go and make it, it's literally just sitting there and revving your engine. That's all it is and it creates such an awkward tension with people too and that's when you have all the weird crazy loopholes in quotations that people try to find so they can still get their rocks off but oh no we haven't committed any sin we're we're fine it's it's a it's a cringe culture you're almost better off just going out you know doing your thing and then being like, oh, crap, versus trying to be, like, straight-up Pharisees about it. Yeah, versus, like, <laughs> literally, here is the law. Here is me circumventing the law. Because then Christ might not find out. No, dude. that's If you're doing that, you're missing the whole entire point. Um, there is a funny... So you know what soaking is, right? Yeah. Have you seen the, uh, the T-Rex meme about soaking? No. Oh, here it comes. The Provo Soak. I taught I taught so many T-Mobile employees what the Provo Soak was because when I found out what it was, I laughed harder <laughs> than I've ever laughed in my entire life. Okay, so here here's the caption on it. Soaking is a practice used by some young Mormons to engage in premarital sexual activity without angering God. Basically, a guy soaks his penis inside a girl without moving because it's the motion that makes it a sin. This is this is effective because God is a T Rex and his vision is based on movement. <laughs> Keep the look. <laughs> oh, do we know if T Rex's vision was actually like they were actually based on movement? Because I think Jurassic Park is the movie that started that. I I don't know. I look. All I'm saying is we don't have any T Rex eyeballs to study, <laughs> well, and I can't tell their vision patterns by di- the femur. Weren't dinosaurs also like pretty feathered as well? Like, I I know some dinosaurs were. Some dinosaurs were because somewhere back in the chain, birds and reptiles came from the same thing. And by 365 million years ago, I imagine that the bird reptile. Uh, uh, rift 
Yeah. Was not as wide <laughs> as it is now. Yes. The great... Cross the great divide! <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, man, those... Dude, LDS people do some weird stuff to try to... To try to... Yeah, man. That's that's just what it is. It's it, it's weird. Silly Mormons. Tricks are for kids. <laughs> I don't even like tricks. Tricks are not good. How have they stuck around for so long? I didn't know that they were still going. Maybe they aren't. I don't know. Maybe, I don't maybe, go to... maybe it's the Gogurt transition. Yeah. So here's smart. here's the thing. My trip to the cereal aisle in the grocery store, beeline for the grape nuts, retrieve the package, go. Yeah, you know what else is kind of crazy too is like, you know how they had a cookie crisp back in the day? Mm-hmm. They still have it. Cookie crisps didn't taste entirely like cookies. Like no, cookie crisp tastes like cookie crisp. Yeah, there's it, it's still distinct, and I still don't have the guilt of like, oh, I'm eating cookies for breakfast. Like, no. it's something else disguised as a cookie. Yeah, still sweet. Yo, Chips Ahoy straight up has cookies, cookie breakfast cereal. Like straight See, up, and I think that would be that would taste like cookies. That should be illegal. That look, if Michelle Obama was gonna try and do something to um, <laughs> help the health of our youth, it should have been getting rid of Chips Ahoy cookie cereal. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I could just I imagine it shouldn't have been making my lunches in high school suck. It should have been <laughs> banning crappy like sugary yeah, cereal. Yeah, all I can think of is like I don't know, just the mom walking down the aisle and little Jimmy's like, "Ooh, chips away for breakfast. That sounds delicious, mom." And then she gives it to him. Then she gets the report card back. Jimmy's Jimmy's sucking in every category in school. I wonder what's causing it. Oh, I can't. Oh, I mean, I feed him so much every day. I, I that can't be it. It's feed like, the boy an egg. <laughs> It's like you're giving him sugar. Sugar, like, murders your brain activity. Like, it's not good. And this is coming from somebody who, I mean, here's my package of Reese's Sticks on Dude, hold. Reese's Stick is the most amazing candy that you could eat. Them's is good. I do like Take Fives. I, take Fives are good. Anything Reese's is my, my kryptonite. I'm still trying to get to the point where I'm saying Reese's instead of Reese's. I said Reese's for the first four years I lived in Utah. Yeah, Reese's. Nah, Reese's. But I, I never noticed the apostrophe in the Reese's logo and I was like okay I guess it's Reese's <laughs> <laughs> like fine you got me um yeah and like I've, I've recently been getting into into like my own health and wellness and like my own physicality a little bit more and like trying to see what my body needs and the answer is not sugar like if there's a day where like today Long old day. I do intermittent fasting. I had to go four hours past my like time where I usually start eating for the day. So that puts me at 20 hours since the last time I ate. I went to Burger King and got a freaking double Whopper meal and a surge. Yes. And I drank maybe half of the surge. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I want to die. Like... Your body need your body knows what it wants, and you will feel crappy if you listen to it. Like, if you're like, "Oh, how does my body like react when I intake this much sugar?" It's like, "Stop, <laughs> quit!" It's like, "We need eggs and spinach, please." <laughs> Can you get us some like nutrient dense stuff, please? <laughs> Something besides a simple carbohydrate. Car- carbohydrate. Oh yeah, that's. I, I just think that's crazy that. 
and like I love Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch is one of my Dude, favorite cereals. Captain Crunch is. I don't eat it for breakfast though. I eat that as like like a snack. Yeah, that's a that's a that I know that I know is not healthy for me. Like yeah. no ifs ands or buts. No, it's you crazy. don't sit down and you're not like oh a nutritious like Captain Crunch and some sugary orange juice. There we go. Yeah, I don't get, but it comes down to the point. It's like, should we let people be left to their own devices and make their own choices, whether they want to eat sugar in the morning? But then we look at now we have like a nationwide epidemic of obesity amongst people, and we're wondering, we're sitting there scratching our heads. Well, where the hell did that come from? It's like, well, it's because you're eating shit for breakfast. <laughs> you were literally eating shit for breakfast. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. Speaking of the Michelle Obama thing. Do you know she's going to run for president? There was a ton of rumors that she was going to. I didn't see anything. The only like presidential candidacy memes I've seen have been Bernie memes. Has been the burn. Good for him if he can run. I mean, he's going to be old. By the time he gets elected, he'll be like, what, 79? Yeah, he'll be he's, an old timer. He's 77 right now. He won't live. So then we got to figure out who he's picking as his vice president. Yeah, he better pick a good vice president. Oh, better not be some whack job. What would be the, the left equivalent of Mike Pence? Oh, I don't know. So Mike Pence is like, believes in like, pray the gay away and conversion therapy and all that stuff. Like, what would be like the left equivalent of that? Uh, your average. They like, can, what are those little things they put on people's brains? Like for the synapses and stuff like, what are they called? They basically hook you up to a bunch of weird receptors and stuff like that. And they make you, they make you watch like, uh, they make you just listen to BuzzFeed uh, stuff all day long that hasn't been fact-checked or anything. It's like if Bernie ran with Quentin Tarantino as his <laughs> vice president. Like... Nah, Ben Affleck would be worse. Have you ever seen a, You ever seen the Bill Maher episode where... Uh... Oh yeah, it'd be like if Bernie ran with Bill Maher as his <laughs> vice president. I love Bill Maher. I'd be cool. I'd actually be cool if Bill Maher ran for president. Dude, I it... think if I could wake up every morning and get... Bill Maher in one hand and Ben Shapiro in another and choke them until they almost pass out. (laughs) I think my depression might be cured. Have you watched the episode with Maher and Shapiro? Uh Uh-uh. You haven't watched that? Dude, Uh -uh. it's it's good. It's, it's, uh, they, they, they don't kill each other. It's just Ben Shapiro because of, okay, actually, uh, Bill, you're wrong on a couple issues here. And, um, it's, it's crazy how Ben Shapiro just is Shapiro. He's, he's the little... He's the little law book that could. I don't. Here's, here's my. This is bad, but this is my biggest gripe with Ben Shapiro. He is a conservatory trained classical violinist, and by nature of existence, that makes me want to give him a wedgie. <laughs> and he's a dick. Yes. Facts don't care about feelings. Dude, people care about feelings. <laughs> feelings very much so. Uh, facts kind of do care about people's feelings and how they deliver yeah. them. <laughs> it's called ethics. There's a whole science of it. I can't help but root for Shapiro though on some of these things though. When he goes and talks to people, when he's the literally only the the only conservative in the room, I kind of root for him. It's kind of like a an underdog. It, story. it is totally an underdog story in that but, circumstance. But left to his own devices, he just gets outrageous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. They just need someone with a BB gun to stand next to him, and whenever he's whenever he says anything like that's like a, if he's being an asshole or if he's being a misogynist or if he's even a tiny bit racist, they need to shoot him in the temple with the little plastic BB gun, like an airsoft gun. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. just 
give him one of those and he's like, ow, okay, I'm sorry. I will say, have you, did you watch the debate between him and uh, Shank Oiger? Is it spicy? He, like, Shank Oiger should never debate ever again after what Shapiro did to him. It got nasty. I don't think it was, like, I don't think it was his lack of position um, or, or how to help strengthen his claims. It was just the fact that, like, he was super disrespectful to all the conservatives in the audience. He's like, there's this thing, it's called the internet, you could look up these statistics. And it's like, okay, great, yeah, go ahead and virtue signal us yet again. Yeah. Great, wise, young Turk. Yeah. You're, you're amazing. Armenian genocide. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, dude's ridiculous. But uh, man, I don't, I wonder who, I wonder who could take that, take that claim. Oh no, but back to so the so the episode the episode with Bill Maher, and uh, uh, he has Sam Harris on, mm-hmm. and they're they're talking about some type of flaw within the Muslim world. I think it was about the percentage of people who actually treat, who approach islam as that could be defined as like a fanatical view mm-hmm. sam harris is just going down like he's very respectful he's not he's not really being he's not saying that muslims are like cavemen or anything like that he's just saying like in a lot of these countries they have these very very fanatical views that would that do not set well with western culture at all mm-hmm. and affleck all he can say is just you're a racist you're a racist. That's so racist to say. You're saying that all oh, Muslims are are less than us, and Western society is better. And he's like, I'm not saying that. He's like, all I'm saying is that their beliefs don't match up with Western Western ideology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, um, and that's all people can say is you're a racist. You're a racist. Like, come up with something different, please. Well, it's it's the same thing happens in basically any faith you approach. Once you Westernize the people, like once you once you take the people and put this much luxury and this much like government non-regulation over it the every ideal saw it siri (laughs) every ideal becomes a little watered down right which is fine just do what you're gonna do you know what's crazy is uh i just read an article from nbc about how trump wants to help pressure countries that have homosexuality as uh, as like an actual illegal thing yeah as an illegal practice like they're 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 gonna make a huge push um he's trying to get the european countries to go through with it and uh i don't know how that's gonna set well with um you know a lot of those middle eastern countries you know that are repeatedly you know throwing people off of rooftops or yeah hanging them because because they go to bed with somebody different at night like it's I, I don't I don't know what's I, I guess the biggest response was uh, Iran Iran just hung somebody the other day that um, that was openly home uh, that was op- openly gay and I think that sparked something but it's interesting though because Saudi Arabia is like one of our biggest allies mm-hmm. and they straight up do not like gay people at they all they just lifted their ban on women being allowed to drive they're like what are human rights what are those we don't know what those are. <laughs> What? We give you food. <laughs> give you water. <laughs> you mean you expect more than food and water? Like, what's wrong with you? No. What's self-actualization? <laughs> like, excuse me, that's a foreign term. <laughs> oh my gosh, that stuff's crazy. I'm anxious to see what's going to happen, though, because as far as candidates on the left right now that the, the people have been, you know, touting as 
running for president right now. Uh, Bernie's got the strongest case. I don't care that he's old. I think he's if if the last election wouldn't have been tampered with so much, Bernie would have won. I don't think there would have been any. I don't think there would have been anything to take away from that. But I think now, uh, I, it's going to be interesting to see how the next one plays out. Yeah, to be honest, I haven't looked into it a ton yet. I haven't started because I don't have TV. I don't either. I I literally, I go to school and I go to work pretty much right now. Um, so I haven't gotten a ton of time to look into it. But I'd have I'm gonna have to dig in. Um, honestly, right now, I just don't see how it, like, what, what's going to happen next? I'm, I can't predict anything. I can't. Ever since Trump won, you literally can't predict anything because I, going into election night in 2016, it was like, yeah, Hillary's got this in the bag. And then, and then you're watching it and you're watching it and you're watching it and you're just like, what? Like, wait a second. I thought everybody was saying, I thought the Gallup polls were saying that Hillary was going to win all these states soundly. And the the crazy thing, too, that was right after Pussygate happened. Yeah. Like, what in the world? I still can't believe. It's almost like I have to pinch myself sometimes and just realize that, yeah, man, Trump is president. And then fast, fast forward. the top. Yeah, fast forward 30 years from now, we'll have some crazy type of personality. President Jones. So we'll have. Listen here, folks. I have it on good authority. North Korea has plans to turn us all gay. And, I mean, I've got the documents right here, folks. The globalists! <laughs> President Jones. That'd be so scary. Yeah, it's wild. But the thing is, anybody with money now can go in and just do what they want. Yeah, like, it, well, it's like... Hearing these things like Oprah and The Rock are going to try and run for president. It's like, uh, first off, no. Second off, please no. You know, like, I I'm, I don't want celebrity presidents. The Rock with Kevin Hart as his VP. Was that really what it was going to be? No. Oh. It's just, it seems like most of the They're movies... They're a duo together, like this. Yeah, which... I think, yeah, this is an unpopular opinion. I don't find Kevin Hart that funny. He used to be really funny. When I was 16 years old... Kevin Hart was incredibly funny. Kind of like how when I was 11, Dane Cook was incredibly funny. Yeah, I just think people people reverence Kevin Hart as like one of the greatest comedians of our time. But it's like, think about Dave Chappelle. Was there ever a time Dave Chappelle was not funny? Like, at all? I've never watched a Dave Chappelle stand-up special without laughing to the point of tears at least once. Yeah, like a little bit of urine in your pants, too. Mm-hmm. You're like, wow, this dude's unreal. Same with, like, Eddie Murphy's stand-up. Oh Eddie Murphy's stand-up. This <laughs> is so crazy. <laughs> it's some of the funniest stand-up comedy I've ever heard. And, like, like, Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor was so funny. Yeah, it's like, once you start watering down, and, like, Kevin Hart's first special, I will still watch it and laugh hard. Yeah. But once you start watering down your content yeah, to appease the masses. Yeah, and to the point where, like, he's getting pulled from the Oscars because of homophobic tweets. Yeah. Like, wait a second. Yeah, that's just what he... I, he's Also, no one has nailed Eddie Murphy up over some of the homophobic stuff he has said yet. Yeah. And I'm like, did any of you guys watch Raw? <laughs> when he talks about Mr. T and... <laughs> <laughs> when he harder boy, before, I'm, I'm gonna bend over now. Before I clench my butt cheeks and rip your dick off. 
<laughs> Eddie Murphy has said some horribly homophobic things. But nobody said a thing about Eddie Murphy. But only whenever people see Eddie Murphy, they're like, oh, he's a daddy daycare. Oh, it's Donkey. <laughs> or like um, Steve Martin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve yeah. Martin has some... Robin Williams, too. Both of those guys had incredibly raunchy stand-up comedy. Yeah. That's the thing, though, is... I think it's good that we've gotten to a point now where we respect people and their beliefs and stuff like that. But at the same time, those comedians are providing a service to people who go and seek out like what they want. Pushing boundaries. So I think they should be allowed to say whatever the hell they want mm -hmm. because it's people who pay for it are wanting to get, to find some type of entertainment. If you don't like it, you get up and leave. Don't listen to it. It's not like that's being prescribed. Like comedians, like that that point of view isn't being like touted around as some national ideology or pushing no. people to think. It's just a lot of times comedians just have really valid views on how people act and just funny takes on things. Like it's they're providing a service. They're, it's simply an outlandish way of stating something that we see every day. And right. It, so I and. You know, obviously music major. I'm in a songwriting class right now where we're talking about the true purpose of art is to pull someone away from their emotional center. Yeah. And if they've done that, their art has succeeded. Yeah. So, like, when you see stuff that offends you, like, first off, you don't deserve to live your whole life unoffended. Right, right. You entitled little bastard. <laughs> Second off, it's good to be offended every once in a while because it makes you realize you believe in something. Yeah. Um, you know, or like, and it's, we can't constantly try so hard to micromanage everything we take in. Right. Because you just perish. I mean, um, here's, here's a question. So, uh, this is just kind of thoughts that I've juggled around. Where do we draw the line where, you know, words, because words do kind of like what we said earlier, it's like feelings can be heard because of things that people have said um where do we draw the line for um the the kind of the outrage culture where people get offended at the drop of a hat over something people say um where do we draw that line to where we just tell people to like mind your own business just don't seek it out if you do hear something so there's actually a perfect example that popped up last week um my favorite singer songwriter in the entire world Someone who I have listened to every one of his albums, um, you know, listened to him since I was a kid. Um, always knew he was kind of an ass. He's always been a little bit of a dick. His name's Ryan Adams. Um, That's right. You posted that, and I had a panic attack thinking it was Brian Adams. No, no, like, it's no! not the summer of 69 guy. <laughs> not the 80s! <laughs> <laughs> no. So Ryan Adams, um, he broke up with, there's another amazing singer-songwriter based out of L.A., um, her name's Phoebe Bridgers. Um, they dated for a while, and apparently Ryan Adams said, "Yeah, you're gonna open for me on this tour, and you're gonna I'm gonna release this stuff on my record label and all this stuff." And like, then when they broke up, he just kind of like, "Oh yeah, you don't get those things anymore." Like he 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 essentially dangled success in front of her on a string, and if she wasn't su succumbing to his will, um, then she couldn't succeed because he'd kind of taken on the point of being the gatekeeper for her career. Um, and then, you know, the whole thing came out. He had an online relationship with a girl who was 15 at the time, Oof. like, like 3000 messages, a lot of them explicit, like it was bad. And I think at the point where 
like up until the point where we can see that they're they are damaging people i think separate artist from art if you don't like the if you don't like the art don't crucify the artist and if you don't like the artist don't crucify the art mm-hmm. but if you can see that something is really damaging someone don't support it anymore right. which which sucks for you know like millions of sad songwriting cowboy kids who have grown up listening to ryan adams and all of a sudden can't right you know like right. i can't i can't listen to it anymore without feeling like this nasty pit in my stomach and it's just like damn it why why'd you have to be a dick why'd you have to be a piece of shit? well and then you get extreme cases like kevin spacey on a uh, house of cards yeah oh that last season was awful without him on there mm-hmm. terrible but he diddles kids. Like, yeah, like, you just can't. It's like <laughs> you, 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 there, you just have to draw the line. It's yeah. I would as much as I love House of Cards. Eh, we can't support child diddlers. Yeah, or like <laughs> the whole Bill Cosby thing. It's like yeah. Sorry, Bill Cosby, America's sweetheart. Once we found out you were raping everyone. Yeah, it's like once roofies get involved, we don't care how charming. I think you are. one cool thing that is happening though is. Uh, um, Louis C.K. has been performing again. And I think that's big because, yes, he was jerking off in front of women mm-hmm. without their consent. Mm-hmm. Kind of messed up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he was dangling, kind of climbing up the ladder. He was going to get them more stardom. I don't know if that was kind of being propositioned or not. Which, the fact that he's performing now, I think it wasn't as serious as what mm-hmm. it was touted. The other thing, too, if some dude's beaten off in front of you like you you could walk out if you walk out you could because from what i understand i think they i think she stood there and took it just sat there like oh uh, oh gross which it could have been shock value i get that but yeah that still is traumatizing and i would definitely be scarred if i had to do just fapping right in front of my face like that that'd be awful yeah that'd be super bad but i think there is a road for comeback now there are some things I think people can come back from. Like, well, and you have to what you do because, like, Ryan Adams put out a half-assed apology the day after everything came out. Yeah, a huge New York Times article with like five women's coming out against him, and he put out this half-assed apology. It's like, oh, I never meant to hurt anyone, and if I my my intention was never bad, so if I have hurt you, sorry, but this isn't how I am, you know. And it's like, dude, go get some help. Go on a spirit journey. You got money. Sell your freaking move out of your apartment in la go pull a john mayer and live in montana or wyoming or wherever for a couple for a couple years somewhere off the beaten path go away for a minute think about everything you've done right come back put out a real apology and then see if the community is willing to take you back in yeah yeah i think that's a huge thing because some people aren't willing to kevin spacey comes to mind again i don't to be honest if you're diddling children i think that's like an unforgivable there are some people Mm -hmm. that that's that's just a special degree of messed up but yeah kevin kevin spacey's apology was yeah these accusations are out and uh yeah i'm gay (laughs) like wait why are you bullying me i'm gay (laughs) like no 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 kevin it doesn't work like that there's there's like a hannibal burris thing where he's like why are you booing me i'm right and someone photoshopped it to just why are you booing me i'm gay 
It's like, does not work. No. Doesn't work. But you know what? I'm a little I'm a little disappointed we weren't able to have Taylor on. Taylor's my audiophile roommate. I would have oh. liked to I would have liked to hear you guys get down to the nitty gritty about all this stuff. Also, Taylor swears that the eighties is the greatest genre like that's the greatest time music has ever had. So do you agree? Mm. I don't. Personally I don't. I don't because like we had a lot of great music come out in the 80s. Yeah. But we also had, like, Phil Spector making stuff in the 60s and 70s. We had Brian Eno producing before then. Like, Neil Young. Yeah. Like, I... Here's the thing. If you listen to all these great artists who have done everything great over time, um, and then you listen to their albums from the 80s, you're just like, ooh. Oy vey. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think sound engineering-wise... I think the 80s was a huge stride for production. And production that's where he's became from. Like yeah. sound-wise, hi-fi and vintage audio warmth had the greatest precipice like confluence in yeah. in the 80s. Um like this is goofy. If you listen to Tainted Love by Soft Cell, uh-huh one of the best produced things I'll ever listen to. And sure, the arrangement's a little corny. Sure, the instruments sound like they're a little corny because they were on a Yamaha DX7, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, man, the the sound quality on it is just amazing. It's beautiful. Or like Springsteen's, Springsteen's Nebraska record. Mm. Uh, someone's going to fact check me and it might not have come out in the 80s, but I think it was, I think it was early 80s. We can give you some leeway if it was like 79 or 78. Yeah, it was, look, if it was not the 80s, it was the late 70s. But um, Nebraska, you know, magnific, magnific, magnificent, <laughs> magnifique, <laughs> magnifique, <laughs> uh, amazing sound quality and songwriting on it and that's that's the thing too is like the 80s was almost like the death of a song of the songwriter for a while there um it's kind of like saying video killed the radio star oh yeah 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 because like songwriters had to be amazing mm-hmm. until like the mtv era when everything was just flashing about how much blood or glitter you could get yeah, on stage uh, uh david bowie mm-hmm. look at how he translated because like I listened to, what is it, um, was it the Starman? I don't remember, I'm not good at remembering, like, the Starman is a David Bowie song. Yeah, so you get his early stuff, like Life on Mars, oh. Ziggy Stardust. Yeah, 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 that whole album is amazing. Unbelievable. I still love Rebel Rebel. Rebel Rebel is one of my favorite songs of his yes. all time. But, uh, then you look at, like, I didn't realize some, oh, oh. okay, Woo. thank goodness, I also did, I didn't realize some other songs in the '80s were him. Like let's dance. I didn't I didn't know Put that was him. Put on your red shoes. Or uh, or uh, um, gets me to the church on time. Modern love. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that one was David Bowie either. Like, but those are like those aren't like crazy deep <laughs> songs. They're just kind of make you feel good stuff. Let's look up when because I've I've found my least favorite Queen song on earth. Which one? Radio Gaga. Oh, that okay. I that's kind of a love hate song for me because I could see why somebody wouldn't like it. All we hear is eighty four. Oh boy, songwriting died in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> it was brought back to life by Sean Colvin and Roseanne Cash in the nineties. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, the nineties was where it's at. Dude, one of my favorite bands of all time. 
We're going to get to this too because I want to hear your ditty on this. So favorite top five groups. I'd have to say one of my top five favorite groups of all time is Alice in Chains. Oh, yeah, dude. Love Alice in Chains. And if you're going down that road, like you can't ignore Stone Temple Pilots. Definitely who I've not. recently had like a, a, a new Stone Temple Pilots kick. Yeah. And it's just amazing. And that genre of music has aged so well. So well. Early 90s stuff, live. Throwing Copper album is one of my favorites. Because mm-hmm. I remember, I think it was my freshman or like, no, I think it was my eighth grade or my freshman year. My brother um, my brother worked a summer sales job in Washington. Ooh. And I kicked it with him for like a week or two. And like that, he just had that CD playing the whole time. Like that's a special song for me. Yeah. Or that's a special album for me. But it's beautiful. Because you get like the depth on some of those songs like... Uh, like uh, lightning crashes, <laughs> straight up talking about abortion. You're like, yeah. whoa, stuff like that. Or you get um, I Alone. You get the fiery passion of that song where you're just like, mm-hmm. I've given you so much and you've thrown it back in my face. Like so raw and beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing. And we've fallen away from that. Now we've got people like Cardi B winning Grammys. Yo, I was I thought this year's Grammy nominations were whack. Well, Young Thug won, won a Grammy. How does you can't understand what he is saying? You literally have to go online and look up the uh, look up the the lyrics, and even then, you have to like it's just oh, it's it's crazy. Well, and especially with just how much great music came out in 2018 and just got the shaft. Yeah. Now, I love that Brandy Carlisle got a nomination. I love that Casey Musgraves got a nomination. Honestly, I love that Cardi B got a nomination because. Because it's showing that we're branching away from like the white groups. males being yeah. the people that won Grammys. I remember when yeah. Metallica won like metal album of the year for Saint Ang no, not Saint Anger, uh Death Magnetic, which is the worst Metallica album that ever was made. Not good. Was that the one with uh Oh, what song was it? Yeah, that was one of their like more recent ones, right? It came out in two thousand seven. Yeah, that one. Yeah, not a, not a strong one. I had my apocalypse on it. Oh, cyanide. That was a song I yeah. remember from that one. <laughs> That's a guilty pleasure. Cyanide, living dead inside. Gosh, yeah. man. Okay, so my other my so, the other thing is I bounce around from genres a lot, but I I still have a hard time finding somebody more influential than Bob Marley for me. Oh yeah, love Bob. I also love Tupac. Do what Pac? I love watching all the. Some people are like, "Oh, Pac before prison was great," or I didn't like his gangbanger stuff. There's something to appreciate about every era. Every era. Of every Pac. era of Tupac. Like when he produced "All Eyes on Me," like he didn't leave the studio. It's like he got it done. It was a it was a two disc album, and I think he did it in a matter of days. Like unheard of, and like that is still one of the greatest rap albums ever made. Yeah, absolutely. Un- real what he was able to do there and then of course the beach boys i love the beach boys dude pet sounds is one of the best albums i've ever ever listened to and that's more of an emotional one for me because i remember my my dad would uh we would always drive around places and he would always put in the beach boys greatest hits once he found out he had a cd player in his car he was so giddy he went and got that and then he got the hotel then um hotel california (laughs) for the eagles well well, and then of course the other one i think one of my friends from high school showed me dream theater dude dream theater rips on i used to listen to dream theater in the truck with my dad yeah 
It's so, so good. I sp- my favorite song of theirs is The Glass Prison. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's talking about how they overcome addiction and stuff like that. And it's unreal because you combine that with, like, the, just the otherworldly talent that they have as musicians. Every one of them. Every single one of them. Except the vocalist. He kind of blows. But anyway, <laughs> like, everybody else is just mind-blowing on that album. Who would you, Who would you put as your top five and we'll also give you a little bit of create we'll we'll give you some leeway here because it's hard to narrow down so oh that's a good one i would have to i'm digging into my spotify like yes find it so top five i can do top five right now yeah do that i have i feel really guilty putting an all-time top five because i just it makes me feel like balls if i leave anyone out who i remember i liked right um Top five right now. There's a guy in LA named Blake Mills. Uh-huh. Um, he's in there. Blake Mills, he's a guitar player, songwriter, just monster kind of talent. Um You have to like go back, like, what have I been listening to? You're like, who else is on here? Um While you're while you're looking that up, have you heard of Gary Clark Jr.? Yeah, dude. Gary Clark Jr. is a madman. Unreal. I like his stuff a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're going to have, like... Like, Neil Young is definitely in there. I, I love Neil Young, Bob Dylan. Um, dude, freaking Erica Badu. She's got to be on there. So I'm at three now. Is she... Got did, Blake Mills. did Erica Badu do... Uh... Who did the song uh, Boot Up? Was that LMA? That's LMA. Erica Badu, boot up. Erica Badu is, is a little bit older than that. Um, you'd, <laughs> you'd put... Oh, there we go. Um, Prince. Prince. Absolutely. Prince is number Thank one. Thank you. Yes. Prince is number one. I love Prince. Um, do you guys have uh, Thieves in the, in the Temple playing on your store uh, music? Mm-mm. We don't listen to the store music. I just put it on my Spotify and go... Yeah, they've got thieves in the thieves in the temple playing. Nice. So I'd have to do like Prince um, Theo Katzman from Wolfpack. Anything he touches, yeah, is is solid gold to me. Um, I'm so glad you like Prince. Oh, dude, yes. That sucked when he died. I cried. That was rough. Um, Blake Mills. Blake Mills also started a band, so I'm going to put it under him. Um, called Simon Dawes. That's uh-huh. now just a band called Dawes. They're amazing. Yeah. Um, Eric Abadu. And then I think I'd have to like go with John Mayer. Just because John Mayer's career has been so well-rounded. He hasn't done anything too atrocious besides be kind of a dick. Yeah. And he has an album that's going to fit anything you love. Yeah. Because you love who you love. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's got a really interesting career. He does. And now he's just, he's. I think now he's got so much money that he's just doing whatever he wants. Man, money does so... Man, whoever said money's the root of all evil can go suck it because it actually can do a lot for you. Love of money is the root of all evil. Okay, true. Right, right, right. But being greedy. Be, yeah, being greedy. Being a dick. Like it, yeah. It's just called being a dick. I'm so glad you love Prince. Yeah. Uh, Little Red Corvette is a jam. That's when I uh, I will belt out in the car. Oh yeah, you have and I, to. And I hope people don't see me. 
<laughs> there is a uh, so I'm in a I'm in a like a funk R and B pop band at UVU, mm-hmm. right? And we're like, what song should we play this semester? I was like, well, last semester I wanted to play Nothing Compares to You, but you guys wouldn't let me. Oh. So let's do a different Prince song. And they're like, well, what song? Like he doesn't have any songs that are really fast. I was like, let's do 1999. Yeah. And they're like, okay. Well, what if we did Raspberry Beret? I was like, no! And then they're like, okay, well, let's try Raspberry Beret. I love Beret. Raspberry Beret. It's a good song, but it just... He wanted a fast song by Prince? Uh-huh. You could do um, I Would Die For You. Yeah. That's kind of a fast song. So I got... I finally, like, fought so much. And I was like, please, can we do 1999? And they're like, God, make him stop. <laughs> so Hard. we're playing 1999, and it is the biggest bop except i get really mad whenever the vocalists forget the lyrics or don't come in on time Ooh. so i'll start shouting at them i'll start shouting the right words do you have do you have, so like because prince always like in the revolution he had he had some girls that would sing too do you have it balanced where it's girls and guys two dude singers and two girl singers oh the so that works beautifully though oh yeah dude works and it lends really well to 1999 because he had sheena e sing on it Sheila E is incredible. Sheila E, sorry, Sheila E. She is amazing. I didn't know who she was until I heard the the glamorous life mm-hmm. and how she plays the oh, what are those called? They're t- tambores? What are those called? Timbales. Timbales, dude. Those are so sick. Yeah, dude. I was like, what, what the hell is she doing with those? And then you see her just jamming away on them. Like, those sound sick. Dude, you know who else was like uh, a woman in music who was a killer drummer and never talked about it? Hmm. Was Karen Carpenter. Of really? the Carpenters. Really? Girl could play. Interesting. Yeah, she was amazing. You know what else Prince has too? Prince produced some wonderful protégés. Morris Day in the time. Mm-hmm. So good. Corey Wong. <laughs> Des- Mono Neon. De- Mono Neon is amazing. I and he Mono played Neon. in Prince's bands for like the last three years of his life. Yeah, dude, Mono Neon, he is so trippy. The first time I saw him, he looked like somebody out of Yo Gabba Gabba. And, uh... Yeah, and then I saw him, uh, there's the first video I saw of him, it was him in some band that was just jamming somewhere, and uh, I, I I forget who it was, but like, the thing that pissed me off is the crowd did not match the vibe, because it was some of the best jams like I've ever heard. They had like two sets of drummers, a couple saxophonists, yeah. stuff like that, and Mono Neon is just ripping off these crazy riffs and these solos. It is incredible, and it's just a bunch of like stupid, trendy, bitchy white people just standing there, just like, oh, this is cool. Like, no, this is this is mine. Like, this is life changing. You gotta dig into that. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Nothing drives. Oh, I remember I saw this video one time of when Fetty Wap performed on a. Oh, what was I think it was Letterman. Mm -hmm. He performed uh, "Baby, Won't You Come My Way." I love that song. (laughs) It's so good. And you've got all these people in the crowd just like, what do we do? Uh, Like it did not match at all whatsoever. That's about right. Dude, terrible stuff. Speaking of, okay, so like there are amazing performances like that. I know your Super Bowl recap was a couple weeks ago. But what kind of fool did Travis Scott make of himself at this freaking Super Bowl. Guilty pleasure of mine. I like Travis Scott. I love Travis Scott. I, th- I think I was looking at more of the energy that he brought because... He brought great energy. Because he's just like... Because that's what he does. He's like, just like the meme with him and the mic stand with the fire behind him. Like, that's Travis Scott. Now, it didn't fit well. Especially because you have such... A, it's such a family-oriented audience. My mom got so pissed because I posted something. I, I, I said something where like, yeah, Travis Scott was okay. And... 
My mom. The cusser. Yes, the cusser. That's what it was. That's what it was. The cusser. That's who it was. But yeah, it, it, rap performances are tricky live because so many of them depend on... Well, like, I've seen Run the Jewels live twice. Amazing. Yeah, dude. Killer Mike is something else. Seeing those guys do their do their thing live, it's just like, oh my gosh. And then you see Travis Scott go to the Super Bowl and, like, I, his energy was great, but it's like... I can't understand what you're saying. Yeah, you're like, wait, what's he saying? And you're wearing a carpet tool belt. (laughs) Well, man, you had, uh, what's his name? Adam Levine was just trying to take his next layer of clothing off, looking for a place. Freaking Tupac wannabe with California on his abs. Yeah. I I loved all the memes that are like, all right, I call this song, She Will Be Loved. <laughs> it's like, you would think, you wouldn't think of him as like, you know, the the, the soft pop genre at all, just looking at him. But it wasn't good, like, he didn't sound good. It wasn't a good halftime show. Like, he, he, he wasn't off key, he was just singing an octave lower on everything. It was, it was not good. Uh, and it sucked because we had Lady Gaga, and then who did we have the year before? Um, who did we have last year? It was uh, Bruno. No, it was really Bruno good. Mars was a while back. That was like 2015. It was Lady Gaga and somebody else who did the last Super Bowl, but it was really good. Um, I can't remember who it was. Lady Gaga's was one of the best that I can remember. Dude, it's also amazing. Prince is one of the greatest ones I've ever had. Too. Dude, the Prince halftime show. I watch it, and I it I. Just, again, anything I watch with Prince, I cry because I miss Prince. Yeah. Like, Purple Rain still gets me teared up. Yeah. Pro- yeah, Purple Rain's definitely one of those that I, uh... Alright, let's go, let's go. That's one of my bops. It's one of my jams. Okay, so we got... Oh, it was Justin Timberlake. The... Oh, yeah, JT, yeah. Last year. Yeah, and he killed it. Yeah, and I think he even had a thing... Did Pharrell come out on it? No. I don't remember who he no. had. No. And then, yeah, so then Lady Gaga before that. And then they had Coldplay the year before. And <sighs> Beyonce and Bruno Mars were there, so it's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, The su- it's, it's crazy who they get for the Super Bowls. And then also the fact that everybody's pissed off about how they, like, said they were going to play Sweet Victory from SpongeBob. And, uh, and they only played eight seconds of a clip from the, YouTube. The whole internet felt betrayed. This stuff's crazy. I don't... Who knows what they'll announce for the next one? I just hope. I more than anything, I hope the football game doesn't suck next year because that one was terrible. Oh it was so bad. I don't care. Game. I don't care who you're rooting for, and I don't care if you try to tout it as a defensive masterpiece. It was a load of bull crap, is what it was. It was a bad game. It was not fun watching Tom Brady throw a bunch of ten yard passes. Was not entertaining. You know what's crazy too is uh, Nick Foles is still the last quarterback to throw a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Because Brady didn't throw one. So, yeah. Hmm. Little big dick Nick. As everybody <laughs> likes to say. It's, it's tough being an Eagles fan right now. But it is what it is. Well, I'm so pissed that that whole part got cut out. That's okay. We just talked about T-Mobile. Yeah. And that we have worked at T-Mobile together. Yeah. And don't be a dick and tell people when they're doing good. Yeah. If you tell people they don't suck, they won't suck. Yeah. It's as simple as telling somebody, hey... Yeah, when I, because I was Colin's manager for a little bit, and I don't know why there was some type of label on him that he wasn't a good sales rep. So all I had to do was tell him he didn't suck, which is the truth. And now the kid slings it. It's just because I try to be nice to people and like 
I'm not going to treat customers like crap, which is something that that store was really good at at that point in time. Was yeah. T-Mobile is now just just for you guys who don't know, T-Mobile is now very very uh, driven by their customer surveys, and they, um, you know, right they they really hold their reps accountable to those surveys. Had that been the case at Southtown, our store would have gone under and been closed. <laughs> they would have sent it into the nether realm. That's what they would have done. Yeah, we would have been yeeted. <sighs> Yeet! Into the middle into the middle of the earth. Ugh. The core of the earth. Well, I'm going to have to have you back on when I can have Taylor, and that way you guys can speak more Japanese about, about sound engineering. About audio fidelity. <laughs> audio fidelity. Folks, these elitists and their music they listen to. I mean, it's the brainwaves they're sending through. It's how they're hypnotizing people with music. And Justin Peck is the global <laughs> and Justin, the globalist's new tool. And Justin Babler. That's still one of my favorite rants of his when he talks about Magellan. He's like how people should look up to Magellan and not Justin Babler. <laughs> oh my gosh. He circumnavigated the whole world with just one ship. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, well, it's been a blast having you on. I've got to go play D and D now. Have a good one. I'm gonna do my meteorology homework because last semester of school, you gotta gotta finish those crappy general education classes that have you'll never ever 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 need for the rest of your life. It's a racket. That's what it is. It's, it's just racket. you paying three hundred dollars for. It's the university acting as a mafia, basically saying. You're going to take a meteorology class, or you're not going to get your degree, okay? You need three more units from us. You're going to have to take this bullcrap elective, and then I'll give you a degree. Yep, that's Bulls. exactly it. Colin, it's been a blast. It has been amazing. Folks, keep your eye out. We're going to have some exciting stuff coming here soon. Some changes to the Nameless Podcast. going to leave it on that note. Okay, bye.